With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. What up? What's going on, Jim? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I finally got a free night. Yeah, about time, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, it was good because my uh, I guess my wife's my wife's friend came over to uh, you know was having a rough day and wanted to see the baby, so I was like, "Yep, I'm going out and we're doing a podcast." So would have been nice to get on last night, but you know. You don't want to go down to sleep, so. It happens, man. All right, guys. So this is kind of an, not really an emergency podcast, but we're just kind of a one and kind of out of the blue podcast. So for the next episode of Raising Hell in Jersey, uh, it's just going to be Jim and I tonight. Because why? Because so, where's Alex baby at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I feel like we'll get him on either tomorrow or Sunday. I feel like it's one of those is either tomorrow, Sunday, or Monday. I feel like we'll get him on. Okay. Okay, we got to get him on because I want to do that rumor segment so bad. <laughs> Me too. Um. So I, I mean, we got a little bit we can talk about. Um. I mean, know, I want to get your. I want to get your thoughts because I've given my thoughts on the last two episodes about the game. I want to hear what you got to say. The people want to hear what you got to say. You and I have been texting about the game, but I want to hear what you got to say about the last two victories for the Devils. Um, you know, I was I was I'm very impressed because I thought after being off for and you know, not being able to practice for basically 16 days, so over 2 weeks that I thought they were going to be very rusty and they completely proved me wrong, which I'm happy with. I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, they came out and I know the Rangers game was close for a little bit there, but I feel like even though the game was two, two, with like eight minutes to go in that game. Uh, it certainly felt like the devils dominated the play against the Rangers and they mean at the end of the night it ended up five two. So the score score told the whole story there. Uh, last night um, they beat Boston. I mean it ended up three to two, but I feel like the score didn't tell the whole story. I feel like the Devils dominated the entire game. Offensive zone pressure was excellent, especially the Jack Hughes line. Um, and then you know to see. Uh, Kyle Palmieri finally breaks through. Uh, and as you and I have said before, when once he scores one, they're going to come in bunches. So he ended up getting two. Almost had three because he ripped a shot from the slot there one timer and he missed the net by not very much. But I also think 
you know, Pavel Zaka has been consistent. He's played very well. Uh, we know what we're getting out of that McLeod line, which is excellent. And I thought, honestly, I thought, I thought Ty Smith has looked absolutely excellent for the last almost all season. And Batten, I wasn't didn't notice him that much, but he's more there for the depth uh, role now. But I think Jack Hughes was impressive again. But I mean, let's talk about Mackenzie Blackwood. And that save he made on Pasternak with like 1.3 left or 2.5 seconds left saved the game from Boston tying it up and sending it to overtime because once Bergeron scored that goal that I think Kulikov tipped, um, Boston started to get a little bit of momentum there towards the end. And I was like, oh, here come the Bruins. But, you know, the Devils prevailed. And maybe a year ago, two years ago under John Hines, that would have been a game they probably would have blown. So I think it's very impressive. Uh, if you would have told me after 11 games the Devils would be 6-3-2, and two, I would have signed up for that any day of the week. Absolutely, 100%. I agree on that. I mean, you're, you're talking to somebody who probably pegged them to finish 7th uh, or 8th this season, and I'm really impressed uh, how they've looked, especially coming off the 16-day the break. You really weren't sure what you were going to get. You know, some teams look good. Some other teams like Buffalo have not looked good. And with only one practice, you're like, oh, how are they going to fare? And you know they're always up to play the Rangers, which was good. But last night, to me, was the more impressive victory, the way they did it. Um, obviously, Black would save on Pasternak. Like I was telling Joe yesterday, I mean, if they converted on that five-on-three, uh, the game would have been over, and if Boston had tied there, you're gonna you're gonna look back and wonder to yourself like what could have been, you know, the power play again. But they held on. Blackwood again does his thing. I mean, he, he's done it again pretty much all season. This kid's the real deal, Holyfield. And if anybody thinks this kid shouldn't be up for a Vezina Trophy this year, then they're dead wrong. I, I don't know what to say. The, the what what he's doing, he's put, put, putting this team on his back, literally, and. I really, I really like what I've seen from this team, especially these last two games. They're buying into the system. The players are buying in. Uh, the coaches, you know, Lindy Ruff, uh, I think is finally on the Will Butcher train because Matt Tennyson went on waivers today. So uh, I think, you know, maybe if Butcher, you know, goes in and out, but obviously because Murray's there and back and healthy. But, you know, I think I'm really impressed with what Will Butcher's done these last two games. I think he's taken – I think he's earned another game. Yeah, and I think also, like, I don't know if it has to do with, you know, like I've seen today – we'll get to it, but I've seen Matt Tennyson finally was put on waivers. Thank you. Right? Yeah, so – but I think it has to do more with Murray coming back. Um. But I know Zajac's back, coming back, which is massive for the center depth because you know they need him. Um, whether this is his last, is this is this is his last year on his contract, right? That is correct. So like, I don't know if they're going to end up bringing him back eventually, or what's I mean, going to go in there. Because I know I don't think they will, because I think the writing was on the wall last year at the deadline. Because didn't Fitzgerald go to him and say, "Listen, like we want you to waive your no trade clause." give us some teams and he's like yeah no like my family settled here the last thing I'm worried about is really winning the Stanley Cup I'm comfortable here I just want to stay here I think the only 
I think the only place he might have gone was the Islanders, if I'm if I'm correct on that, because or, of, because of the Lamorello connection, because he drafted him, and the Islanders would have given him a shot. But I don't just don't know if there was a deal in place to get to make things work out for both parties. But I know I heard Zajac to the Islanders was a possibility, and that would be the team he would have waived his no move clause for, no trade clause for. Uh, but I see him being a lifer with this team, to be honest. Even if they, even if they just bring him back next year for one more year, I, I just see it like just one more year, full season with fans. Give the give give, let the fans respect him, um, one more time before you know he calls it a career, something like that. I mean, you never can have too much center depth, and I think that's and a, and a veteran guy like Zajac. You know, what Lindy Ruff was saying about him today, you want to have 20 Zajacs out there, you can win. Uh, so that's that's good. So hopefully, you know, like I said, maybe a one-year deal uh, and, and maybe an option. I mean, I know this isn't baseball. We can't give options for two. But, you know, if you want to give them a, a year, like a, you know, maybe, a, you know, min with bonuses, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. And even if it's not, like, you know he's not going to get five point seven five million again, but I think you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'd give I wouldn't I think the lowest maybe I'd give him would be like three point five four. Yeah. But I'm not giving him five million again. Like I'd look at him and say you're not getting over five from us. If you want to stay, this is what we're going to pay you because we have to think about you know the other kids and players that we want to sign, but. Exactly. I mean, before we, before we get into, I thought I thought Winnipeg would have been the only other team because that's where he's from. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think you know, the potential. You know, it's funny. I was reading uh, a stat today, or I think somebody put it on Twitter. If Zajac plays in both games this uh, weekend, he would play against Peter Laviolette on his thousandth game, which would be Sunday. He started right. his career against La Violette and the Hurricanes back in 2006. That's cool. And um, I think, you know, a lot of people chirp like Zajac's contract and stuff. And, like, you know, I've, we've all done it. You know, he was, he was paid $5.75 million, But if people forget that that year was 2013, the Devils had just lost Parise. And they had just lost Clarkson. And then they had also just lost Kovalchuk, who had bailed on the team. So Lamorello's friggin' hands were tied because nobody was coming up to the system. And it was impossible to find a number one center. So he paid Travis Zajac for eight years and kept him there. And at the time, we were all like, okay, Travis Zajac's playing back. He's 20, 25 goals. Why not? Sure. And then all of a sudden he got that Achilles injury, ACL injury, and he was never the same player. And, you know, it happens. But I think Travis knows – I mean, he probably knew at the time. Like, when we went to the finals, he was a number one center iceman. Like, we're not going to deny that. But, you know, now he's not a number one center, and he is the perfect guy to have on the third line. Exactly. You, you couldn't have said it better. He's the perfect guy for the third line. And – I think somebody that could fill that role potentially is a guy like Pavel Zaka, the way he was playing and the way he has played these last two games. 
Um, he he's learned to take faceoffs from Zajac. Zajac tutoring these kids to take draws, especially he, Sharon Hughes. That's somebody that could take over that role once Zajac decides to go. Do you, uh, you know, like, and it's good. It's good that we're talking about this because you know we we want to talk about games and stuff like that, but you know we don't. Sometimes we like to talk about like the players on the team, where we see them in the next couple of years, if we see them with the team or not. Um, I asked my buddy this today, who's a Hobbs fan, and I never got an answer from him. But do you think is true when all is said and done, Travis Ajax number nineteen hanging up in those rafters, or do you think he's more of a ring of honor? It's a good question, um, because to me. Before you put, Z- if you're gonna put Zajac up there, then the guy who won three Stanley Cups, whose number isn't up there, needs to be up there then. And that's Sergey Breland. Exactly. So if you're gonna put Zajac up there, Breland's gotta go with him. And. And I tell everybody, they're like, oh, well, Breland's more of a ring of honor guy. I'm like, you can't have four of the five guys that won three cups up there and not have him up there. And no offense to Ken Donico. He's a great analyst, good player. But he was Mr. Devil, and that's the only reason his number's up there. Yeah, he spent his whole career here. Exactly. And and whatnot. So, yeah, like, I agree. Like, and... I agree with that, but he was, he was, he wasn't the most skilled no. guy, but he was excellent at what he did. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, and uh, he was like the, the, besides like, well, yeah. So they had, the core was always Danico, Stevens, Niedermeyer, Broder, and then Eliash and then Breland. Right. But the, the numbers that are up there is basically like what the Yankees have with like the the Fab four. Right. That they got, they got with Jeter, Pettit, Posada, and Rivera, but nobody ever talks about Bernie Williams with the Yankees, right? Like that's a guy whose number should also be retired by the Yankees. I think it is. Maybe I'm wrong. I think they finally but, did it. But yeah, so I agree. Breland should be up there, but at the same time, and I mean, you know, we can we can talk about this for a couple minutes because this is good. Because eventually, I've said to Joe, I want to do an episode where all we talk about is past New Jersey Devils that you wouldn't think about that need their number retired in Jersey. And, like, I I don't know. Maybe it was the fallout that he had there and whatnot, but you look at the stats for the history of this team, and you cannot tell me that John McClain's number 15 does not deserve to be up there. There's no nobody can make an argument that he doesn't deserve to be up there. He's got over 700 goals. He's second in goals all time for the team. Second in points, like all that stuff. And it's and like, he has the second. Hey, like what's and the- if you, depending on the error you believe in, you know, I put the Arnott goal ahead of it, but not it's not far ahead of it. He put the Devils in the playoffs for the first time. Right. So, I mean, there's something to that, like. I think I agree. Like, I think you could put McLean up there. But then again, you know, the whole fallout and stuff. But again, Brodor came back. 
these guys will come back. Patrick Waugh came back with Montreal. Um, you could do it. Maybe. I mean, like, he probably deserves to be up there. I would probably peg him as, like, a ring of honor guy, to be honest. But even – Do you agree his number should be retired, though, by the team? I mean, it, in my opinion, it should be. I think the team won't do it, and I think the team will just, like, ring of honor it. But but it should be. Yeah, there's uh... – there's other there's other guys that might not have even had the greatest stats with the team, but their number probably still shouldn't be up. There. Right, exactly. But like, you think about well, I mean, if you're gonna go core, think about this then. Okay, I have a picture hanging in my wall: the three original Devils that were drafted: McLean, Driver, and Danico. Driver for sure. So. If you're going to put, like I said, if you're going to put McLean, you're going to have to put Driver because those guys were drafted close together. And those guys were the originals. And if if you're going to do a ring of honor, then you got to put guys like, even though he was only there for a little bit, you got to put the Shanahan's in there and you got to put the Stastny's and the Fatisoff's and, you know. You got to put like a guy like, you got to put like a Madden in there, a McGillney, um, yeah, well, Madden for sure. Somebody put a thing on Twitter, I think it was a poll, and there's a lot of people that are saying John Madden's number should be retired by the team. And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> more of a ring of honor for me, but I can understand people's points. Yeah, I can understand their but, points too. I mean, but to me, I feels like more of a ring of honor guy. Like, maybe, like I know this guy gets flack, but, but he's doing it. But whatever he's doing now is doing it right. Guy like Scott Gomez. Right. Should be honored by the team. I mean, what he did, you know, Calder Trophy, all that fun stuff, two Stanley Cups. I mean, look, a guy like that, what he did, that line that he had. But like you said, there's always guys that are forgotten. Like Breland, I think, is the guy that's always forgotten um, about. Andy Green. Andy Green will be up there eventually. Yeah, probably. I mean, probably probably Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor guy that nobody talks about that probably should be up there is Rafalski. Yeah, definitely. I mean, another forgotten guy that it was core to the defense to help, you know, win two more Stanley Cups for that team. There's so many guys. You could look at those championship teams. Even before that, you could look at guys that deserve to be, you know, put up there. But, I mean, the list is – the list could go on forever of guys that you want to see up there and – Potentially, but like I said, if a guy like Zajac, who's a lifer, played his whole career there, and he gets a thousand games and does all that stuff and goes up, Sergey Breland better be following him. Yeah, and same thing with Colin White. Uh, Colin White, Colin White's the Ring of Honor guy to me. Yeah, I agree. But he was also there for the three. No, cups, Colin White yeah, was there for two cups. Point. Two yeah. cups. Sorry, yeah, that's right. Two. But and Ring of Honor, another guy that should be up there, like Holik and McKay. Yeah, and crash all those line, guys, put but... the crash line up there. Yeah, and you know, it, you know, you know what? Like they got, like I've been to the Prudential Center a few times and stuff. I've made the trip and whatnot, and I've yet to get a win there. But what I've been, but I almost had one against the Rangers. I was at the game. Uh, uh, we ended up staying a bit longer so we could see the Devils Rangers. Um, 
the Devils were winning. It was when Yager was there. The Devils had that three-one lead in the third with like eight minutes left, and then the Rangers scored like three goal, two goals to tie it, and then one in overtime or nice. something. Yeah, and then so it was like, uh, but I ended up seeing the team win at MSG, so that that was funny because all the Rangers fans were salty as hell. So, but but yeah, like it's just there's names that should be up there. I feel like Zajax. It's debate. I think Zajac should. I think Zajac, even though he doesn't have the numbers, I think. I think my personal opinion is if you were played somewhere for your entire career, you should have your number retired if you won cups. Even if you didn't win cups and you put the time in and what you've meant to the franchise, you should have your number retired. So, like, I agree. Breland should have his number retired. McLean should have his number retired for everything he did for the organization, points and goals wise, getting them in the playoffs for the first time. What a, what about what about and a then, guy like Kirk Muller? Ah, uh, yeah, you honor could. Yeah, you could. I'd honor him at least because he was traded. I think not too long after, but you know, it's it's honestly now that you look back on it, you're going, well. Zach Parise, he was definitely going to get his. He was going to get his number up there. You could tell. And then Kovalchuk definitely was going to get it up there if he had a state and stayed productive. Potentially Hall. So it's like, yeah, but you know, we don't know if you know he sure will stay there his whole career, Hughes. But I feel like those two guys, if they stay there, they're going to have their numbers up there as well. But you know, the Devils should put something up there with like a microphone and put Doc Emmerich up there. Lamorello should have a thing up there. Like it's like he doesn't Lamorello doesn't even need to be. Hey, he'd get a ring of honor, but that guy deserves to have a banner with all those other guys because he's the main reason that they have the core. Jacques Lemaire, Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, look, the problem is they did this Ring of Honor. They had um McMullen and then they kind of just stopped. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, look. We'll see what they do or who they're honoring. If they're going to honor teams, I would love to see them bring back that 88 team. I mean, I don't know how many guys are still around and in the country and wherever they are, but just to to have those guys just honored by the fan base again would be awesome. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, There's there's a lot of teams that should be honored. Like, you know, they honor the 95 team, and, you know, maybe they'll do it in 2023, but – that 03 team would be fun to see honored because I'd like to see what Jeff Friesen's up to. He's, yeah, he's out in California somewhere, I think I last read. Yeah, he basically, he was good in Anaheim and San Jose, and then he went to Jersey, he was good, and then after that he just kind of yeah. fell off. But, you know, like Langenbrunner Ring of Honor. But anyway, um, let's talk about mm-hmm. Tennyson for a minute. He's on That's waivers. your boy right there. Um and- Oh, yeah. Um, can you tell us sort of what it means? Like, does it is it more of a Ryan, or Ryan Murray move, or is it more because, you know, the devil's just – there's guys coming back, it's, and it's about Butcher and stuff. Like, what, so what do you got? So, definitely there's – definitely Murray's coming back. So, that's one. Two, I think Heaster's close, so they're gonna. They had to open up roster space. They had to figure it out. If 
you know, if a team likes Tennyson, somebody will pick him up. If not, he's going down to the um, minor league of a club. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think anybody's no, going to claim No, I was him. really surprised that Eric, Eric Comrie got uh, claimed by Winnipeg, to be honest. Because I was saying the other night, I thought he'd be the third guy ahead of Wedgwood, considering, you know, uh, considering what he did. But, hey, whatever. Uh, but, like I said, you know, with Tennyson, you know, I think it came to a point. It was like, all right, we got we got Will Butcher. We got to see what's going on here with him. We can't have him be healthy scratch no more. And for, you know, last two games, what has he got? Two points in two games, a goal and assist. Um, again, he does. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. Um, a question I wanted to ask. So, Zajac, Mur- Ryan Murray are coming back. Nico's close. Um, before I get into this question about this player on the roster, um, do you – have you heard from anybody you talk to on, like, which game there's – is Nico Heischer's most likely uh, let return? Take, let me pull up the schedule real quick. Um, it's definitely not this weekend. No, I, I, yeah, we, I figured. I would that. say the earliest, if he comes off, is Buffalo Tuesday. Buffalo, Buffalo Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, so that's. That's what I was told. That's not. That's no. not too bad. Then. I mean, I don't see. So it's. I don't just... see the weekend just to be because he was on the list today. They play tomorrow early. Even if he comes off, they're back to back. I don't see him going up, suiting up against Washington. I think Tuesday's the earliest you're going to see him. So for me, that tells me like that win, that game last night was the one game. Like, yeah, Washington scares me because, you know. Any team that has Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, Vrana, even Tom Wilson, Carlson, Chara, you know, all those names, Orlov. Like, they got a good, very good hockey team. And, like, Washington game frightens me a little bit, but that was the game last night that was my biggest worry. The Washington one doesn't worry me as much as the Boston one did because Boston's a very, very good hockey team and the Devils made them look absolutely Especially the silly. last couple of years. Especially the last couple of years. Boston has just made has tor- terrorized the Devils. Um but this year, Devils strong start. Took three or four points in the first two games of the year. Obviously they were missing David Pasternak, so you figured, all right, well, Boston's 100% now. But, you know, they've been struggling to score goals. And the Devils took advantage of it. And they have five or six points against Boston in a tough division like that. That's a very good thing for a young Devils team. And like you said, Kyle Palmieri looking good. Two goals. Beautiful. Both of them great. I feel like he's going to just, everything is going uh, to start to come. And, and I'll repeat myself again last as I did last night. The hockey guys are smiling down on Palmer because he did the right thing instead of trying to get off the schneid himself against the Rangers 
where he probably could have scored the empty netter. He makes the pass to Malsev. Malsev has the easier pass to the empty net. Malsev gets his first goal. He gets rewarded with two goals. We've been saying it. You and I, Alex, Joe, all been saying he was right there. And now he's off the night. Yeah. Yeah, and then when, when a goal scorer scores, they start to come in bunches. So that's a that's a great thing for the Devils. Moving forward, Palmieri gets hot. And I also think that, you know, the Devils are 6-3-2. Yeah. Um, they got to take one and two this weekend. But how excellent would it be if this team could find a way to beat Buffalo and Washington and then get Nico Heischer back and then you're, like, basically healthy and you're looking at an 8-3-2 and two record and him coming back into the lineup, and you're going, wow, that couldn't have played out. Yeah, better. I mean, that's the ideal world, right? You want to take both games this weekend. My ideal world is you beat Buffalo, and you try to steal a point against Washington uh, to take three or four of the weekend because that's always a good thing. Uh, so we'll see what they do there. But you focus, on, uh, you focus in on Buffalo first, and yeah, if you can get – Three or four points this weekend with Heischer coming back. That only gives the team even more confidence. I wouldn't be surprised to see what they do with the goaltending. I mean, Blackwood's red hot right now, so you got. I think you start them tomorrow. But if they go back, if they go to Dell, I'm okay with it too. Save Blackwood for Washington because it's a back-to-back. But either way, it doesn't really matter to me because Blackwood's probably going to see Buffalo once in the next two games, or three games. Yeah, I, I, I would personally, yeah, I would rather Dell play tomorrow. Dell or Wedgwood, whoever they decide yeah. to play, probably Dell, obviously. I'd rather Dell play Buffalo and if, you know, and then have Blackwood against the Sharp Shooting Capitals on Sunday night. Um. You know, I was talking about this today, you know, with my dad. <laughs> you know, he's a big Leafs fan, so but he, he doesn't mind talking about the Devils and stuff like that. Uh, we were talking, and I said to him, he asked me, he's like, who do the Devils got this weekend? Well, first he said, do the Devils play tonight? And I'm like, no, they play tomorrow at 1230, uh, right after I get off of work. And then they play Sunday at 7 against Washington. He's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, this the Buffalo game, like, Buffalo is very bad right now and can't score a goal. But I was thinking about it, and you know how we always say it in football, this game against Buffalo tomorrow screams trap game for me. It screams a trap game. It screams letdown. For some reason, I got this feeling that the Devils are going to get it. They might, maybe not because they're a young team. But, you know, those are the type of teams where you're going, oh, yeah, they're struggling. This will be good for us. And then you go out there, and then they they just score in bunches on you. I don't know. Buffalo doesn't score that much. But tomorrow's game, those are the type of games that scream trap game to me. And something feels just off about it. Yeah, you know, speaking about his Maple Leafs, you know, I thought last night's game potentially uh, for the Maple Leafs would have been a a letdown or a trap game with the pesky Senators. Um, because they have Montreal tomorrow night. 
I thought, okay, you know, this is prime time. But, you know, the Leafs had the bad taste in their mouth for Monday about blowing a 5-1 lead. Then they went a, a nail-biter on Wednesday 2-1, so they were going to let out some aggression. But I don't know if that was the best thing for them. I think it was to to go into Montreal uh, to play the Canadians on a Saturday night. It felt like a trap game to me. Like, I felt like and – it, and, it, and it showed – that the Calgary Flame game on Wednesday against the Canucks was a trap game for them because they have their rival tonight in the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so I could see it. I don't know. I think Lindy Ruff will have his guys ready, to be honest. I think they're playing with so much that I think – I think also you can build on what you did last time against Buffalo too. Like you just play hard. You be the best team. Clean up your power play, penalty kill, and – you, you just take it to him early. Set the tone early, like I said last night. Set the tone early. McLeod, obviously. McLeod line going to start. You know it. It's it's a given. Those guys are going to start. Wood, McLeod, Bastion. Boom. Set the tone early. Maybe get a quick early one. Put Let them, let Buffalo get in the mind of the Buffalo Sabres and, like, make them start to think, here we go again, if we can get, if the Devils can get an early goal. Yeah, well, they they're gonna need they're gonna need all the guns a blazing because Buffalo, even though Buffalo is struggling, Buffalo isn't a bad isn't as bad of a team, I don't think as their record shows. Maybe they are, and, you know, maybe it's the last year for Buffalo that Jack Eichel is there, but you know that's a. I think the issue. I think the issue with Buffalo is their goaltending. Um, be honest. Oh well, yeah, Carter Hutton. That's, that, that doesn't scream. Like, that really? doesn't scream. Like, that's the uh, best uh, playoff. To me, oh shit! No, it's like oh shit. We gotta face fucking Carter Hutton tonight or Lena yeah, Solomar. Yeah, Whoa, point yay. Okay, so yeah, I, I agree. So it's not like a team's going in saying, "Okay, we gotta face Allmark and Hutton." No. Well, I'm not really that scared. So, but I also think you know I want to get into this a little bit. Um, before, you know, we potentially wrap this up here soon, but I know there's a bit more I want to talk about. Um, I want to get into Blackwood a little bit, but I also, before we start, I want to ask Nikita Gusev is on the COVID list, correct? Okay. So what's going on with him? Million dollar question here is do... Did they want to healthy scratch him just to, you know, send a message to say, hey, your plate, it stinks? Or, or they're waiting for somebody to come back and maybe get him started again? You know, like maybe with sure coming back, Nikita Gushev, maybe they could finally get him going. Um, or, you know, like I said, I think the whole situation with the kid at the beginning of the year, I know it's not an excuse, but you know what it's like to have a new new um, baby and new child. So, you know, you might have some sleepless nights and it's tough to focus on some things. But he's got to start playing a lot better. And I think it might have been a message by Lindy Ruff to be like, hey, you got to play better. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, um, I don't, 
from what I saw with him in the lineup, Jim, I just don't uh, – something seems off from last year. Like maybe he played better and he liked playing better under Nasruddin and Hines or whoever, but I don't know. You'd think you'd want to play a little. He'd play a lot you better would think so. rough. But from, what, but from what I've seen – and, you know, a lot of people might make this argument and might say, oh, no, Jake, uh, how could you say that? Um, I don't see a fit for him on this team anymore. That just possibly don't. could be the case. I mean, you you don't – look, the Devils are getting um, – the Devils are getting production from guys that have been in their system finally, you know? Um, the drafting and developing of certain players – are coming to fruition. Now that Kyle Palmieri's scoring again, obviously, you know, they needed him to do it. But, you know, Andreas Johnson's starting to, you know, figure things out. Maybe him, him with Zaka is a good thing. Kokonen is playing very well for the Devils, the guy they brought in. You know, so sometimes the system, sometimes the player fits the system, sometimes he doesn't. And maybe it's a product of not having Nico Heischer. I don't know. But something's got to change. And he's got to start figuring it out. Or else he may not be around as a part of a, as a, as a piece everybody thought he would be going forward. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just I don't think Gusev is uh I seen a uh, Twitter post from somebody uh posted on Twitter and I just think I think Gusev's days with New Jersey are beginning to be numbered. I know people hate to hear it, but I just think yeah, I just don't I don't see him having a future with this team anymore. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I know how Lindy uh I, I've watched enough Buffalo Saber games over the years when Lindy was coached there. And once you get into Lindy's doghouse, like once you get into a game again, you better prove you're worthwhile at being in the lineup or you're riding the pine for a long extended period of time. And Butcher, like you said, he's shown that he deserves to be in the lineup still. And which is why he's getting playing time. I mean, he should have been in there in the first place, but that's uh, – we don't know what went on there, but I also think that, you know, Gusev, if he doesn't show up when he gets back, he's going to be riding the pine for an awful Yeah, long unless time. things start to change. Correct, yeah. So, but, you know, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but, you know. But anyway, I yeah. the article – I think I sent it to you. Um, I think it was si.com or hockey news. Um, why McKenzie? Yeah. So it's, uh, why, uh, or how McKenzie Blackwood is on his, uh, you know, rise to, um, and is likely going to be like really great and on a road to greatness. So I haven't read the article myself yet. I'm going to admit that right now. But I will be sure to read it tonight um, on some downtime. Um, 
do you agree with that, Jim? Do you think Mackenzie Blackwood's on the road to be for greatness, or do you think it's still a little early to be like telling? But I mean, I mean everybody wants to crown Carter Hart so, I mean, the next, you know, best goalie in in the in the National Hockey League. But why why isn't Mackenzie Blackwood? Yeah, I don't in see that it. Same I don't conversation. Know. Look what he. I mean, I know it's a small sample size, but last year, what he did, the beginning of this year. The Devils found something in Mackenzie Blackwood. They found their future goaltender. And he's rewarded with it. He was rewarded for it. He was rewarded with first play. And he's proving it. That he is the number one goaltender for this Devils team. I knew it last year in the first game when I did my radio hit on Raw Mike Richards. I'll never forget. Dave Bastel asked me, do you think Blackwood will take over the number one role from Corey Schneider. And I said it affirmative. I said yes. I said it was going to come. I said it was going to come early. And he was never going to let it go. And he hasn't. Yeah, I and yeah, I agree. And you know what? People can say it's only a small sample size. But can they actually really say that? Because when Blackwood first came in, if you remember, he was he was streaky. He'd have his great games and his good games, and he'd have his really awful games. But you could tell he was he was going to be great, and you know he won games for them down the stretch that they really shouldn't have been winning, but they did, and you know it all worked out. And then even last year, he led all rookie goaltenders and wins. Like he was excellent last year for them, and then this year again, like he doesn't if he doesn't like go out with COVID. You know, the Devils might be sitting at an even better record than 6-3-2, and two, but, you know, he's he's been excellent this year. He's winning games for them, and there's games where he's making saves where you're going, wow. Like, yeah. he made a couple saves I last mean, night look, where I was Blackwood's like, holy done moly, amazing. Like, I've seen a lot of people but, on Twitter even say, it's like, all right, well, you know, you got to put you got to put Blackwood in a conversation because of – of young rookie goaltenders. I mean, uh, young goaltenders in the league. I mean, last year, what, I think he finished fifth, actually, in the Calder uh, trophy race, to, I think. Um, I'd have to look that up again. But I, I, know, he, I know he got some votes, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the Metro division, are, right now it's the East, but if you, if you project the Metro division the next year, you got Hart, Blackwood, Sorokin, Shesterkin, you know, Sam Sonoff, like those are, that's the future of what, you know, the goaltending is going to be like. And right now, Blackwood's put himself ahead of everybody on that list with his play. And, you know, he's definitely, he's on the rise for sure. And he's going to, he's only going to get better. He's only, what is he, 24? Guy that they drafted, developed the right way. So I, 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 I only see bigger yeah. and better things for him. Yeah, and it's I got a funny a couple funny stories actually about him. So, um, I took my wife to a a country concert, um, you know, over a couple of years ago. Actually, she's a big my wife loves Shania Twain, so I took her to see Shania Twain. And I ran into a, I met a guy there who was sitting beside us, and him and I ended up be, actually becoming really good friends. He lives out in Barrie, just past Toronto, and. Um, he trains and stuff. He's uh, he's really good friends with Mackenzie Blackwood. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. And then my mom's 
best friend from like your childhood is uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's actually a relative of them, like a, a cousin. So, and they can uh, her um, her ex husband actually would be able to get me to meet him, and you know, free tickets to a Devils game in Toronto or wherever, whenever they play again, which is kind of cool. So, you know, I was. I was about to go see them play. I think it was there before the pandemic shut down, but last year. But you know, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah he's big, a he's, cool yeah, he trains hard in the gym. You don't see it though because the only pictures Paulie posts pictures of his uh, fly fishing and his fishing and all that stuff. But yeah, he definitely hits the gym hard. And you can see it, like where he is mentally, he's really good for for a young goaltender. The the big thing. The big thing for the Devils is they can't burn them out. Yeah, I agree. No, that's the thing, and that's the thing that, you know, the it's not the 72 games played for a goalie anymore, yeah. man. It's the – you're playing about 50 to 60, and that's about it. So, I mean – is there any uh, um, is there anything we should the you know, fans and like we should is, look for let's tomorrow? Let's look for a, a good game? start from the Devils. Hopefully their power play looks a lot better than it did against Boston. Uh, the penalty kill is starting to come around, but uh, I look for the Devils to come out fast tomorrow. Yeah, I I would hope so. I think I think they're going to need a fast start against a Buffalo team because you don't want to let Buffalo get into the zone, especially on their power play. They got some weapons there on the power play that can hurt you. Um, before we go, I want to touch. I want to talk about one thing because I know you, I know you're good with you know you got the people you can talk to and all that stuff. Um, we're mm-hmm. in Nashville. Is Matthias Ekholm is on the block and he is available. He is available. Um, my buddy sent me a thing today and he's like, I was looking at the devil's defense and it looks really good. A lot of depth there, but he goes that second pairing on the left side, he goes as good as butcher is skating and moving the puck. He goes, they could really use another defenseman on that second pair with Subban. He's like, I think the Devils should really look into, uh, going after Matias Ekholm and he's on like a three point something million dollar contract so it's a bargain and a half whoever I think so I think you have to look into it I think you have to look into everything do you think that's a move the devil's look into of what you have to give up and what has to go back I mean look Reese Shiro basically stole PK Stuban from Nashville um you know David Poyle is um I think his best days are behind him and maybe he just needs a new start somewhere because the Nashville Predators are are uh, on a team that is on the decline, and a lot of changes need to happen there. Maybe they move out some guys. Maybe it's a guy like at home that gets moved out. I'm not going to say the Devils aren't in on him, but I, if I'm the Devils, I'm making calls to see what you know what you would want for him because I think he would actually be a good fit for this team, to be honest. But then again, right now, how much how much change do you want to make with a, with a young group right now that's playing actually pretty well? Yeah, that's right. And I think yeah, I think it's more of a move that you'd have to look into like let's see where we are come the deadline or but I think the deadline, you know, 
deadlines like the draft when it comes to trades it gets hyped up and hyped up every single year and then it's a big disappointment for trades and everything well, like that, right like everything always happens like the week before a couple weeks before and but you know if you're you know if you're in a playoff spot come the deadline then you're most likely going to be buyers so i mean the devils keep winning then it's potential they're buyers but at the same time i got thinking about this today and my buddy asked me, "Are you guys? If you guys are in the playoffs, come the deadline, will you guys be buyers?" And I'm like, "Honestly, I'd rather just sit tight and not make a move at all because I don't want to trade somebody young away and then regret yeah, it down I, the I road." Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because they be think they had to make to a move to help deadline, them now, like, even though it's April 12th. Moves happen like two, three weeks beforehand, just because if a team in Canada has to acquire somebody from the United States and the border, and then the 14 days. Unless that like seven, unless they can change it to what they had in the in the you know started training camp seven days four de- negative days of uh, four days of negative COVID tests then then uh, yeah then you'll see the action come before then it's going to be interesting to see who gets moved if anybody gets moved but I agree if the Devils are in a position to fight for a playoff spot, I say you just stand pat and just see what the kids can do because it's not worth giving up somebody for, you know, a a playoff that will just accelerate everybody's expectations into next year when they're, like, they're slowly building to where they need to be. Yeah, and they're still a rebuilding team as good as as good as their record is right now. So you know, it's good you can tell, like in you know, Dawson Mercer getting a hat trick last night, Holtz lighting it up in Sweden again. Like you you can tell now, like with Smith and then Hughes, you know, having a excellent year this year. Zach is playing better, that Bastion and Wood and McLeod are playing better, Quoken and like you can tell, it, it's coming. Absolutely, like it's coming I can't slowly, wait for these but young when it does to, get here, come it's up and be see fun what we get. And you'll see it next year in the training camp. Um, before we go, um, I don't think there's much conversation here to have because I think this is an off-season move that's going to happen in the off-season. I don't think you're going to see it this season. Um. I haven't read the article from Pucks and Pitchforks yet. Uh, I think there was like three possibilities how the Devils could acquire Jack Eichel. Like honestly, Jim, like if Buff, if you called Buffalo or Buffalo called you and they said, "Okay, we're just shopping Jack Eichel around. We're not looking to move. We just want to see what we can get. We'll pull the trigger if we get a package we'd like." If Buffalo called you and you're Tom Fitzgerald and I and they said to you. Okay, we'll give you Jack Eichel, but we want one of Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer in return. Are you are you saying, okay, we're not giving up this one, but we'll give up this one? Or are you just saying, okay, pick your letter of my prospects or my players. I don't give a crap who you want for Jack Eichel. Pick your poison. Done deal. It's Jack Eichel. He's a superstar. Or are you more like, 
Yeah, I'm not very, I'm not, I'm not interested in acquiring Jack Eichel and what it's going to cost and all that stuff. I'm going to be honest. Are you like, hey, he's an elite superstar as much as in the I like NHL. Jack Eichel, I have to have He doesn't him. fit the Devils. I, I agree, hundred percent. Uh, his attitude rubs me the wrong way, and I, I think that's like he's. And you want to know something? They don't have anybody else, but I think he was an awful, awful choice for captain there. I don't think he's captain material, and it's the same thing. Like Buffalo's never gonna win until they get their other stuff figured out. Like the Sabers, the Sabers are based. The Sabers remind me of the Bills. For like most of my life, like they were like the 2014 Buffalo Bills team. Okay, like they had the O line, the defense, you know, the wide receivers. They just didn't have the quarterback. You put Josh Allen with that 2014 2015 team with Watkins and Robert Woods, then, you know, they're like, they'd be lights out. But, you know, the, the Sabres are, they're a mess. And it's just, it's the same thing. Like I, my dad and I have said it. As good as Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are, I don't care what anybody says about the Oilers, insiders, you know, TSN guys, whoever. And yeah, I'm calling you out a little bit, but not much. Um, the Edmonton Oilers are never going to win a Stanley Cup with Connor McDavid. I'm just there. I said it. They're not going to win I mean, a Stanley Cup with Connor McDavid. I can't- it's not going to happen. Take it to the bank. It's not going to happen. You want to know why? Because he's making you know, 13 I can't point disagree with that statement. Year, and and, I've and heard he's it on all the about himself. Too. You need more than Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to win your game. I'm sorry, but you do. As much as, as good as they are, yeah. you, know, you know what the game plan is to go in to beat the Oilers. It's easy. It's stop 97. It, it's really not that difficult. It's stop 97 and stop dry sidle. Like, it's really not hard. Like, and Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen are not elite goaltenders. Their defense is still poor. Obviously, have, not having cleft palm hurts them. But nope. they, they just won't win. Look, the Chicago Blackhawks won those Stanley Cups before Kane and Taves got paid. You can't win what's the Maple Leafs problem that's right. been Morris, Matthews and Marner get are getting paid way too much now maybe they have something and Nylander, well Nylander's contract isn't as bad as it, and it could have been but um, but they've kind of figured something out this year maybe with the added veteran leadership and, and the de- better defense and everything like that but it's doing it the right way. You're still going to have to figure out a way to win and get playoffs. You're still going to have to grind games out. Playoff hockey is a lot different than regular season hockey. You could put all the points you want up in the regular season. Come to playoffs, best players figure out a way to score goals and make it happen because you have role players getting the job done as well. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, maybe maybe down the line they do win one and they figure it out. But, I mean, signs sure aren't pointing in that direction. 
anytime soon for the Oilers and the Sabres. Yeah, I just wanted to get that in because, like, you know, it's it's maybe something we can discuss on Joe's own podcast because he does all all the NHL and stuff and whatnot. But yeah, I just I was, I was just curious on if you thought acquiring uh, Jack Eichel would be a good idea because I said to my buddy, my gut feeling is he ends up on Broadway, and his first answer was. <laughs> F off. The Rangers can F off. Yeah, they get it's everybody. True. I mean, they draft no all the good one, prospects. They get the Panarin. It's time for them I don't think he's a fit for that team either. But hey. No. Go out west or something like that. But I mean, that's what I was saying exactly. to you earlier. The it's New crazy. York Rangers, where good prospects and great prospects go to die. He's playing a lot better this year, though. He's definitely playing like, better. Capo Paco uh, is def- just awful. Do you think, Jim, that he honestly is going to be a star in this league or an elite player? Do you think he will be eventually? Or do you think like it's at the point now where it's like he's not really showing much improvement like – is it time to, for the Rangers to say, I mean, you don't want to give up on him yet, but is it, is it fair to say from, you know, cause you know, we get with the NHL packages up here and, you know, you got MSG and all that stuff. Do, do you not see enough where you got to go? I think he's not being played in the right situation. Yeah, he's not. And what I think they the fact that he's, been, be he's playing all. in a better situation has helped his game. And he's going to be a, I'm not going to call him an elite player in the league. He's going to be a good player in this league. But I think it's going to just I, – yes, because Jack Hughes took a major Jack, stride Jack Hughes will this be season player. already. Um, but, again, it's all about where you're played in the, in the lineup. I already hear people, you know, saying the same thing about, you know, Lafreniere, you know, why is he not – I'm like, because – like we could talk about this on Joe's podcast too, but it, it goes back to where these players are being played and your expectations of coming into this season. And I said, simmer down on the Alexis Lafreniere stuff, about Calder Trophy. Same thing with Jack Hughes last year. I said, it's a man's game. You're playing against men, and it's different making that transition. And clearly, you can see it, there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can see a difference great right, pass. by that pass. Two he made Paul Mary last night for Behind the, the back, goal. opens the slot for Paul Mary to skate it right into. So. Exactly. All right, man, I appreciate you doing this with me. Uh, I know we don't get to do a podcast together, just the two of us very often, because we always got everything yeah, Absolutely. Um. I'll see if I can get everybody together for a podcast this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right, enjoy man. Uh, you, night, en- you enjoy your night, and I'm sure right. you and I will be talking right, tomorrow later. during Thank the you. hockey game. Yep. You too. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.